Today on The Open Word with Pastor David Landry. I believe it's the worship of this great multitude. Again, it was just so powerful, so contagious. All the angels, the 24 elders, all of these join right in. Let me ask you another question again. This is just between you and the Lord. And I know I'm probably stepping on some toes, but man, it, it needs to be stepped on. Okay? For all of us. Have you ever been drawn in to worship as you see and hear others who are lost in worship or are you distracted by them because they're not worshiping in a way that you're more comfortable with as we come before the lord in worship do we get easily distracted maybe there's a small child crying or a person in the front waving their hands around or the usual offbeat clapper pastor david wants to remind us that worship is a choice we can choose to enter into communion with our lord no matter what is happening around us We choose to allow those things to be distractions to us. So, next time we're in that situation, let's not let Satan be victorious over us with his nonsense antics. Well, let's join Pastor David in the book of Revelation chapter 7 with today's edition of The Open Word. Do you think that anybody, say, visiting here or stopping in would go out and tell somebody they were all crying out with a loud voice? They were all worshiping with a, with a full heart. Some of you guys that have internet capabilities and you probably spend too much time watching silly videos on there. Not that I would ever do that. But uh, you may have seen the YouTube videos that are called Dance Like Nobody's Watching. Okay, And what that is, is they'll go into shopping malls or airports or bus stations or train depots or just out on a busy street, and they'll put earbuds on, and they'll have their iPod or their phone on, and they'll have just really moving music, and everybody else is, you know, just doing their thing. And all of a sudden, this one individual, man, they're just going to town, just going crazy, just dancing to whatever music, and people are looking at them like, that's, what are they doing? You know, they, they see the earphones, but they're just going crazy, dancing like nobody's watching. In other words, it's like, you know, this is how you would dance if you were at home and you had the stereo cranked and you know, ain't nobody going to be home for an hour. I'm just going to enjoy this thing. I know some of you, that's like really stretching your emotions, but just bear with me for a moment. And I'm not really recommending, you know, the videos, but the funny thing is, is that most of the time, People just don't get it. In fact, they try to ignore it. They're like, whoa, you are like really, really weird, and you're in my space right now. Dance over there if you must dance. But every once in a while, somebody will get it, or they'll try to get it. 
They'll kind of figure, okay, I got the beat of what they're doing. I don't know what they're listening to, but I've got the beat down. And maybe they might try to enter in, but it's really kind of hard even for them to enter in because they don't have the beat. They don't have the music. Can I tell you guys, if you know Christ, you have the music. You have the music. And you know what? I think some of us need to start worshiping like nobody's watching. Okay? Now, bear with me. I, I, I know you don't want to get weird and wacko. I understand that. But here in the heavenlies, John sees this great multitude that nobody could number. Of all the nations, of all the tribes, of all the peoples, of all the tongues, standing before the throne, before the Lamb, clothed with white robes and with palm branches in their hands, and they break out in spontaneous worship, crying out with a loud voice, salvation belongs to our God who sits on the throne and to the Lamb. And it's not that nobody's watching. They actually have an audience, don't they? The one who sits on the throne and to the Lamb. I think that's how we ought to worship. And we, so many times we come in and we're either so stifled and structured on our own but at a football game, you know, yes. But I wouldn't dare do that in church. Somebody might see me. So you know what I do? You know what I do personally? I sit up front and I close my eyes. Okay? And if it's a song that I don't know, I look a little bit. And I try not to look around. Number one, I don't want you to disturb my worship. I don't want my worship to disturb your worship. Because I'm not doing what I'm doing to impress you, I want to impress my Lord. And it's not even impressing him. I just want to be able to express. Everything I see in the word, Old Testament. Do you realize that Old Testament Jewish celebration was like crazy wild and loud? And trumpets were blaring and people were crying out and the hands lifted up. And all kinds of you know things that we think, oh no prim and proper and to the point. Otherwise, it couldn't be of God. That's too much of the flesh. More often than not, our worship, yeah, even here at a Calvary Chapel, and we're, we're even different than some other Calvaries, but more often than not, our worship is pretty confined, constrained, and contained. All very neatly packaged. Every once in a while, we'll have a sister raise her hands and maybe swaying or turning a little bit. Some will clap and others are afraid to clap and some we wish they wouldn't clap. But the worship for the most part is very, very mellow. And again, don't get scared. Don't get scared about this because I know what Paul said in 1 Corinthians chapter 14. Paul says that God's not the author of confusion, but of peace, as in all the churches of the saints. And then a little bit later in that same chapter, he says, let all things be done decently and in order. I understand that. You've got to know me a little bit to know that I understand that. But at the same time, let me take you through some Old Testament passages really quick. David declared in Psalm 511, but let all those Rejoice who put their trust in you. Let them ever shout for joy. They're shouting. Why? Because they have a reason to shout about. They have a reason to get excited about. 
Let those who love your name be joyful in you. And I got to tell you, church, sometimes if I have to like leave the worship service and come back in, sometimes I wonder, are we really joyful in him? Or are we just kind of going through the motions? We need to be a people of joy and fullness. And I understand that some of you could not carry a note in a five-gallon bucket. I understand that. But there's nowhere here that it says you have to sing beautifully. But he does make a joyful noise to the Lord. David wrote in Psalm 32:11. He says, "Be glad in the Lord and rejoice you righteous and shout for joy all you upright in heart." In Psalm 35:18, "I will give you thanks in the great assembly. I will praise you among many people." I want you to think about yourself, just yourself right now. When you come in and it's a time of worship. Do you really enter into worship? Or do you sit or stand just waiting for that portion to finish till we get into the teaching time? David says, no, I'm going to give thanks in the greatest sin. I'm going to praise you among many people. Well, how do we do that? Through our praise and through our worship. He says, still in that same chapter, chapter 35, in down in verse 27, he says, again, let them shout for joy and be glad who favor my righteous cause. And let them say continually, let the Lord be magnified. In Psalm 40, verse 9, he says, I have proclaimed the good news of righteousness in the great assembly. So again, you're proclaiming the word, whether through a testimony of your own lips during a time of sharing, or through proclaiming even the songs that we sing. One of the things that I've told every worship leader we've ever had here is I want our songs to be doctrinally sound. That we're not singing something that makes absolute no doctrinal sense and there's nothing about it. Because I want us to be able to know that what we're singing is we are singing it to the Lord. He says, I proclaim the good news of the righteous in the great assembly. Indeed, I did not restrain my lips. Oh Lord, you yourself know that. Now again, this is a question I'm just going to ask you between yourself and the Lord. During worship, Do you restrain your lips? Do you just stand by and let others worship? I want to encourage you. I want to encourage us as a body of believers to be worshipers. Not just come in and make a loud noise, and not just coming in and lifting up hands to make Pastor David feel better. No, that's not what it's about, because I'm probably not even going to see you. Okay? This is between you and the Lord. And you say, I don't really get anything out of the worship experiences. And maybe it's because you don't put anything into it. Okay. Whew. Okay, here you go. Now he's preaching and meddling. <laughs> okay. Psalm 109, verse 30. David writes, I will greatly praise the Lord with my mouth. Yes, I will praise him, again, among the multitude. That's in the assembly. And it's interesting, that word greatly It's the Hebrew word me'ode, me'ode, which carries with it the meaning vehemently, exceedingly, loud and louder, mightily. All of those words within it. I will vehemently 
praise the Lord with my mouth among the multitude. I will exceedingly loud and louder praise the Lord with my mouth. Yes, I will praise him among the multitude. Psalm 111 verse 1. Praise the Lord. I will praise the Lord with my whole heart in the assembly of the upright and in the congregation. So again, he says, you're in the congregation, you're with other believers. Man, what better place, what other place would there be that you can just join in and worship them with brothers and sisters in the Lord? Well, yeah, you can do that on your own, but I guarantee you, you're probably not going to go down the safe way and suddenly just raise your hands and start praising the Lord. If you do, you're probably a kook anyway, and I don't think you're really demonstrating the Lord that way anyway. Here's where we can do that or in the privacy of your own home, okay? Share the Lord in a gentle way. Don't share him in a kooky way. Okay? No charge for that, okay? <laughs> Psalm 132, 9. Let your saints shout for joy. Paul in the New Testament, rejoice. Rejoice in the Lord always. Again, I say rejoice. I would that men everywhere lifting up holy hands, giving thanks to the Lord. So don't tell me this is just an Old Testament thing because it's not. And don't tell me it's just a Jewish thing, because Paul was the evangelist to the Gentiles. So it's for us. It's for us. I get the idea that as David, the psalmist, wrote these psalms, he wrote them with this expectation that the saints of God would not be overly self-conscious during worship. I really believe he said, you know, that's that's not even the factor. Get rid of that idea about being self-conscious about this kind of a thing. I believe that David felt that we ought to be people who would worship just with a with a whole heart, with at least the excitement or the anticipation that we would if we were in a sporting arena and we saw something going on that we really, really loved. We ought to to worship him. We ought to be excited about what the Lord has done for us, what he is doing right now in us, and the hope of what is before us. We've got all three of these areas, the past, the present, and the future, that we can rejoice in the Lord. But are we a people, are you an individual who is embarrassed to worship the Lord? I believe it's the worship of this great multitude. Again, it was just so powerful, so contagious. All the angels, the 24 elders, all of these join right in. Let me ask you another question again. This is just between you and the Lord. And I know I'm probably stepping on some toes, but man, it, it needs to be stepped on. Okay? For all of us. Have you ever been drawn in to worship as you see and hear others who are lost in worship or are you distracted by them because they're not worshiping in a way that you're more comfortable with catch what i mean or do we look and say oh they're just making a show or do we really look and say wow maybe there's a great freedom that they have in worship that i've never experienced in my life i'm tidy and to the point i've got got everything in order what a powerful time it can be before the Lord if we would allow that to happen. And again, I'm not saying rolling in the aisles. 
I'm not saying jumping up and down and screaming and hollering. But I am saying, man, when we're singing, that you just open up your voice to the Lord and let it flow. That we're not afraid to raise our hands because, again, we're raising our hands. Let's say, hey, look at me. You know, I'm the spiritual one here. No, you do that just out of adoration and praise to the Lord. That's why we raise our hands. And again, you start out this much, you know, until you're comfortable and you raise them up a little until you're comfortable. Pretty soon you'll be okay. You get everything all broken loose in the air so that you can raise your hands before the Lord. So, But if we did that, we'd be undignified, wouldn't we? Take your Bibles, please. Turn to Second Samuel chapter 6. The Ark of the Covenant had been in the hands of the Philistines for years. David is finally able to get the Ark back. In their first attempt, they messed up. They didn't do it the way that God told them to do it. And it started to tip over as they went through a rut. And Uzzah stuck his hand out to save the Ark from tipping over. And he, God struck him dead there. He died there by the ark of the Lord. Verse 9 says, And David was afraid of the Lord that day. And he says, How can the ark of the Lord come to me? And so David would not move the ark and stayed there for a while. And then down in verse 12, Now it was told King David, saying, The Lord has blessed the house of Obed-Edom and all that belongs to him because the ark has stayed up there. So finally David went and brought up the ark of God from the house of Obed-Edom to the city of David, with gladness. And so it was when those bearing the ark of the Lord had gone just six paces that they sacrificed ox and fatted sheep. Verse 14 is where I want you to see. What was David's position here at this point in time within the kingdom? He was the king. He was the king. Verse 14, Then David danced before the Lord with all of his might. And David was wearing a linen ephod. Now, let's stop right there. I'm going to tell you, your pastor is not going to dance in his underwear at church. Okay, it's not going to happen. Okay, I know, brings great relief to many of you. So, the part I want you to get is he danced with all of his might. That's the part. Okay. Verse 15. So David and all the house of Israel brought up the ark of the Lord with shouting and with the sound of trumpet. So, verse 16, Now as the ark of the Lord came into the city of David, Michael, Saul's daughter, looked through the window. She was David's wife at this point. She saw King David leaping and whirling before the Lord. What does your version say there happened in her heart? Spised him in her heart. And she was married to him. Her daddy never danced like that. We don't do that at our house. Now I'm married to you, and you're out here dancing in your linen ephod. What, what's up with that? And so she despised him. I don't think she got the worship experience at all, do you? But she looked and said, what's he doing? She despised. I've been there before, gang. I've been there before in worship services, and somebody, man, they're just... They're just filled with the Spirit. They're just loving the Lord. They're not trying to make a scene. They're not trying to be distracting anybody. They just love the Lord. And I'm thinking, what do they think they're doing? I, I've been there before. I don't want to go back there ever again. I don't want to have the heart of a Michael. I want to have the heart of a King David. 
Okay. I know what the heart of this David is. I want to have the heart of the King David. Okay. But listen to this. Down in verse 20, he's coming in, man. He's just still filled with the Spirit. He wants to just bless his home. Man, the ark is here. God is so good. What a great, great time this is. He comes in to return his household, and Michael, the daughter of Saul, came out to meet David and said, Oh, how glorious was the king of Israel today, uncovering himself today in the eyes of the maids of his servants as one of the base fellows shamelessly uncovers himself. She's scolding him for his time of worship. And David said to Michael in verse 21, it was before the Lord who chose me instead of your father and all his house to appoint me ruler over the people of the Lord, over Israel. Therefore, I play music before the Lord. And I will be even more undignified than this and will be humble in my own sight. But as for the maidservants of whom you have spoken, by them I will be held in honor. Therefore, Michael, the daughter of Saul, had no children to the day of her death. I'm going to be more undignified than that. and I'm going to be humble in my own sight. I know many times it's it's my pride that keeps me from just rejoicing in the Lord. But you know what? If we were a people that came in when the music started, knowing that they're playing for the Lord, they just want to draw us in to worship. They're not coming for a concert. They're not coming for you to sit there and applaud, you know. They're coming that we might be drawn into worship that we might be able to fearlessly and shamelessly be okay with being undignified before the Lord. One of the elders answered, said to John, John, do you know who those are that are arrayed in robes? Do you know where they came from? John said to him, sir, (laughs) you know, I don't know, you know. And so he said to me, these are the ones who came out of the great tribulation. They've washed their robes and made them white in the blood of the Lamb. Therefore, and that's the reason, the reason why they are before the throne of God and serve him day and night in the temple. And he who sits on the throne will dwell among them. They shall neither hunger anymore nor thirst anymore. The sun shall not strike them nor any heat. For the Lamb who is in the midst of the throne will shepherd them and lead them to living fountains of water, and God will wipe away every tear from their eyes. Do they have something to celebrate? Absolutely. Do they have something to say, Yes, God, you are so great, you are so awesome, I praise you, I worship Absolutely. They, they've gone through all of this, they've experienced so much, but now they're in the presence of Almighty God. Beloved, If you know Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, practice up for that day. Think what God has already done in your life. Think what he's doing right now in your life. And think of what's yet to come. And celebrate and worship the mighty King of Kings.
Thanks for spending your time with us today on The Open Word. If you were encouraged by this time together learning more about Jesus and want to hear more, we'd invite you to subscribe to our podcast on iTunes where you can get notified of the latest message as soon as it's available or find archive messages you may have missed. You can even find these teachings online at theopenword.com. There you can learn all about The Open Word and the ministry we're blessed to be a part of. In fact, Pastor David has a special message for you about how you too can be involved in sharing the good news through the open word. There really is something deeply refreshing about being a part of God's kingdom. Not only do I get to learn more about him every time I open the Bible, but he's given me the great privilege of sharing his love with you. This radio ministry and others like it, they're a wonderful and powerful way that God is reaching people across the nation and well, across the world with the gospel. We're blessed to be a part of it. But as with any ministry, there are expenses. Would you prayerfully consider being a part of our financial support here at The Open Word? If you feel led to give, visit theopenword.com and click on the support option. That'll bring you to our secure giving page. Your gift will help us to continue to grow and spread the word of God. Thank you for bringing this matter before the Lord. Thanks, Pastor David. As our time with you draws to a close, know that we continue to pray for you and for more and more people to come to know Jesus through this ministry. Join us next time to continue studying Revelation right here on The Open Word.